is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. Meat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson and Ben Watts in the driver's seat with you. We're talking fantasy football. We're we're coming off the NFL Combine, so we are hyped. First piece of belief. something to grab on after the end of the offseason. Some little tidbit. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> we're stoked. Uh, the, the, it feels like it is the first official point in the offseason when we can overreact about college players that are about to become NFL players. Uh, rookie and we're pick going fever. To. It's, it's getting into overdrive a little bit. We're already seeing some player values changing up a little bit. And it's a fun time. I'm enjoying uh, it. We also we got a lot of uh, real NFL news as well with contracts yeah. and things like that. Big Some news, major day news, major news dropped today. So we're recording this. What is today? Uh, March seventh. So today was the um, franchise tag deadline. Uh, so hopefully you'll be listening to this Wednesday, March eighth. And uh, you get to debrief a lot of this this drama that's kind of broken across the NFL world today. But are you ready to hop right into it? There's a lot here. I am stoked. All right, let's just run through some of these lesser things to get to the crazy one. Uh, All right, so Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barthley were both franchise tagged. Neither one of those is super surprising, to be totally honest. So is Tony the Pollard. Only... That's right, yep. And and Tony Pollard is franchised. So all three of them will get $10 million. The only note that I have here is that Saquon was tagged with a non-exclusive franchise tag. I don't know if the other two were or were not. But theoretically, a team could match an offer for Saquon Barkley and snap him up. Theoretically. I doubt it, but... Maybe I've just never paid enough attention, but this is kind of the first year where I've really heard much about the non-exclusive tag. Like, usually it's just a player gets tagged and that's the end of it, and now, like, they're making a big deal about it being non-exclusive, which I just really haven't heard of that much. I mean, it's essentially like the the sign-and-trade deal with the NBA where you can basically create a free agency market before free agency with some players and the team gets compensated if the player decides to leave. So it kind of, I guess it protects the team a little bit with yeah. with the investment. Uh, we'll see later that teams are kind of making bets on what they feel like a player's worth. And the non-exclusive tag sort of gets allows them an opportunity to see if that bet pays off or doesn't. And sort of really gauge the market based on what the league is willing to pay, which is really, I mean, that's what it's all about. A player's value is what the league is willing to pay for. Him. If Saquon, I'm only asking this because I don't know if, you, if see if you knew off the top of your head. Like if Saquon, somebody decides to match what um, the Lion, Giants are offering him, what would be the compensation for the Giants? I do not know. I probably should have looked that up. I don't either. I know what it is for Lamar Jackson, who we will get to. It's two first-round picks. I doubt a team would play that for Saquon Barkley, which is why I was curious. Either way, 
Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, all going to make basically $11 million next year. Um, all their so, values probably stay the same, I would think, more or less. Yeah, for me, they're all the same. Tony Pollard might be the only one that could go slightly down, and it's only really because of injury. It's not because of anything else. Yeah. Zeke is only going to keep getting worse. Uh, so, I mean, if Pollard comes back healthy in training camp, he is, I mean, probably a high RB2, low RB1. I'd agree with that. High ceiling, high ceiling RB2. Yeah. Maybe Josh Jacobs a little bit of downgrade because of the offense. Because the quarterback. Yeah, but still TBD. His workload isn't going know. anywhere. <clears throat> right. He's going to be a workhorse. Yeah, his workload will stay the same. They're going to give him 8 million carries now that he does not have a long-term deal. Yeah, the the only fear I have with Josh Jacobs is he just had a million carries. Can he do it two years in a row without getting hurt? Tough to imagine that, but as of right now, I mean, he's still a very solid RB1. Yeah. Uh, for the Jaguars, they tagged Evan Ingram. They're going to pay him $11 million. I, you know, fair play to them. Evan Ingram showed flashes last year, but also didn't show enough to where you'd feel like he's probably worth a long-term deal either. Uh, they also will get Calvin Ridley officially reinstated to the NFL. So he will be there in the wide receiver room. Evan Ingram joining the pass catchers. Uh Onward and upward for the Jaguars' offense. You probably feel pretty good about Trevor Lawrence now, just with all the weapons he's about to have. Yeah. I mean, we kind of already knew this was happening, but it's just the officialness of it, I guess. is It's, it's, it's nice to see if you're a Trevor Lawrence fan. It's nice safety. Speaking of quarterbacks, holy crap. Uh, a lot of quarterback right. news. <clears throat> yeah. So... If there were not Lamar Jackson news, Daniel Jones getting four years, $160 million. We talked about this a few episodes ago. This man, and what's crazy here... I'd pay him 30, which was like the market value, 30. I think that's a lot of money for Daniel Jones. But I'm okay paying him 30 just to have a stable quarterback. Yep. I don't know about 40. That's they little. paid him, and and one sixty is not the final number. There's thirty five million dollars in incentives in there too. It's four years up to one hundred ninety five. Did they I have doubt the, he gets there? I saw you know that kind of stuff. Do they have like the? They said the guaranteed stuff hadn't been released yet. Do they have that out yet or no? I think I saw it was pretty much ninety two million dollars in guarantees. Jeez. <laughs> good and, on uh, good on gets, Daniel Jones. Capitalized on the he playoff season. An, he gets an average annual value of $40 million a year, which is honestly, it's obscene. It's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, it's the nature of the quarterback market, which is... You have to have one. It's insanity. I saw... So somebody tweeted this, don't know who it was, today, that Brian Dayball is worth about $100 million dollars to Daniel Jones because if Dayball doesn't go to the Giants and Joe Judge is the coach there again, for sure Daniel Jones is signing a one-year, like, $5 million backup gig Yeah, right now. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been a fairly decent proponent of Daniel Jones, I think. Like, I like him. I think he's okay. Um, I think he's pretty, you know, pretty solid. He's a smart guy. Went to Duke. 
But I mean, <laughs> he's smart. Yeah, he is a smart Great quarterback. Guy. He's smart. Well, look, I mean, he is. Intelligence but plays a part with a quarterback role. It does, but also so does quarterbacking. And he is a very, very aggressively mediocre quarterback. I would say he's better than aggressively mediocre. Aggressively mediocre is Carson Wentz. He's he's well over Carson <laughs> Wentz in my mind. I think because he gives you some rushing. Yeah. So he's he's the, like there's. There's the fantasy football Daniel Jones, which I think is not horrible. And then there's the real life Daniel Jones, which I don't really know if he's horrible or not. He's not horrible. I mean, he gave you two years of pretty terrible. And then this past year, they kind of just hit him. They put him in a corner in the shadows where you couldn't see him. And then they gave the ball to Saquon a bunch and said, hey, look, Saquon's really good. And then you're like, wait, Daniel Jones is... I, I missed him. Where was he at? Yeah, but he wasn't... That's what they did. He was not bad. And you have to consider, like... He wasn't bad on a team where the the just the amount of wide receivers was abysmal there. So he goes out there, gives you 3,200 yards. Yes, 15 touchdowns. Not great. But he only turned the ball over five times, which is really solid, I think, given his wide receiver play. Not to mention 700 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So he's not bad. He is not bad. He's not terrible. You get him a decent wide receiver either in free agency or in the draft. And I think you see, uh, at least for fantasy, I think there's potential for a low-end QB1 season. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but there's potential for it. Yeah, I think, I mean, with the QBs as they are right now, sure. Yeah, he can be a low-end QB1, definitely. I mean, because at that point, you're competing with, like, the statue pocket passers. and because Matthew Stafford in that area. Like, that's who you're dealing with. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. I take him over all of those guys. I would, I yeah, for sure. I would rather have Daniel Jones. Maybe Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't feel great about it, but I mean that that is the line there with him. It's just you know the real life Daniel Jones, the on Sundays not fantasy football version of Daniel Jones. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. He's been in the playoffs and won a playoff game. Over said Kirk Cousins. So. He did it. Go look at the schedule. It happened. <laughs> he he did, but, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't I don't know how to explain that one away, but you're right. He he has won a playoff game. Yeah. Don't knock him. It's more than Derek Carr's right. done, I guess. And speaking of Derek Carr, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got four years, 150 million from the Saints, 70 million guaranteed. I don't know how they're doing it. Where's I don't this, know where the money's where's coming this from. Money? They're like no 50 clue. million over the cap, like something ridiculous. How are you allotting this much money to Derek Carr? They, they must have just like they must have the worst cap number in the history of quarterbacking for him after this year because. There's no way they can afford anything more than like ten million dollars, so they. I mean, he might have like a fifty million. Everybody's gone. They're gonna have Chris Olave. Michael Thomas is gone. Taysom Hill's got to be gone. The entire offensive line's got to be gone. I mean, and Cam Jordan. They. They're they're gonna have two rookie offensive linemen and Cam Jordan, and that's it. This is great Uh, news for Chris Olave. 
It is. It is. I think it's pretty much status quo for everyone else. But I think with Chris Olave, it is up and to the right. I think you you could see him in redraft being a low end wide receiver one. I think that's for sure a possibility. I'm not saying I'm taking him there. I'm taking him as a solid two though. Yeah, I I'll be interested to see where his draft price ends up. I would imagine he goes in like the fourth round of drafts, third or fourth round maybe. Yeah, we'll have to see what they do with Michael Thomas and how they handle free agency, draft stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very happy about for or for Chris Olave. Yeah, could be very interesting for him. Derek Carr definitely had a propensity to throw the ball deep, which is where Chris Olave is really really dangerous. Andy Dalton and he, is the checkdown king, and he hyper targets his wide receiver one. So he does. So I would imagine Chris Olave gets 140-ish targets. Uh, Remains to be seen how good those targets are, but I think Chris Olave, he's going to have some wide receiver one buzz, and I'll probably be in there there as well. I I think he's probably going to finish top 12. He's going to be... He's the kind of player that you, you really love to go all in on these kind of guys. Right. I mean, he's a big play guy that could get volume. That just seems like a recipe for success. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. Not as a Falcons fan who wanted Derek Carr, but I'm excited from a fantasy right. standpoint. As a Falcons fan who just wanted a starting level quarterback. <laughs> we'll we'll I'll get hold there. my uh, thoughts be- for after this <laughs> next guy. Before we get there, my Seahawks... Uh, they gave a bag to Geno yeah, Smith. How do you, how do you feel about it this? Feels, it feels like an absolute bargain considering the quarterback market of the last 24 hours. Uh, they got Geno down for three years, $105 million. His average annual value is 35 a year, which I am okay with. I think Geno Smith, after the year he just gave us, $35 million feels all right. It's not ridiculous. It's not cheap. Um, I think where I'm potentially concerned is I honestly would have liked them to go grab one of the top three rookie quarterbacks. We will get into them also in this episode. So this that was going to be time. my question is, do you think they still do that? And then you just I let him know. sit behind Gino for a year or two? I don't know. If I could, I could see that happening, but I have a feeling that they're going to grab a pass rusher. I just, I just try I, to win the division. Yeah. I think they're going to grab like Tyree Wilson or somebody like that um, and just ride it out with Geno for another year and see what they've got. I, I mean, you should probably try and load up with a franchise quarterback. I don't know that Geno is a franchise quarterback. Like, he had a great year, but I, I don't know. I've, I still feel like the jury's still out on him. I think the the actual numbers came out. It's really like a three-year, $75 million deal. Um, I think the 105 comes in with some incentives. So it it's not terrible. Uh, it's certainly better than the Derek Carr contract. Certainly better than the uh, Daniel Jones contract. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. The, here we go. The enormous piece of news here. here. We go. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson have been going back and forth on a contract for the better part of like what 
two years now yeah. trying to get that thing locked up. It feels like Dak Prescott a couple years ago to the point where people are sick of talking about it. So today, Either instead of locking him up, you got to piss or get off the pot. And what they said was, I don't know. They signed him to the non-exclusive franchise tag for $32 million, which essentially means an NFL team can go in there and work out a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson, which then the Ravens would have the opportunity to match. If they don't match it, the Ravens would get a cool two first-round picks in return, and the opposing team would have their franchise quarterback minus two first-round picks. Yep. Here's where it got weird. So they, uh, they, the news broke, went nuts, everybody lost their minds, and then quietly, there were like six teams all in the quarterback market that said they were not interested, including your Atlanta Falcons. I am I'm hoping this is all... Like, they're all just kind of trying to play each other, I guess, basically, and just balk at it a little bit and be like, ah, no, nah, we're not interested. Maybe try and drop Lamar's price a little bit. I don't know. I hope that's the case because... If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I would break my phone dialing Lamar's number so hard. Like, <laughs> like go get him right this second. Like, his, his $32 million is floated out there for the Ravens. It's his if he's wanted. Yes, we can pay him more than that. We can definitely pay him more than that. Two first-round picks, like, we have the number eight this year. Who knows what we'll have next year. Like, yes, send it right now. Like, this team is not as bad as it looks. Like, we have the number eight because we won seven games with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Like, the team is not horrible around us. We're in a terrible division. Like, this is your chance. The Saints made a desperation play for Derek Carr, trying to win now. Mm -hmm. If you get Lamar Jackson, you just spit in their face. And we're younger than the Saints. We have, like, the third or second highest cap space in the league right now. Please do not waste this. Get Lamar on the phone right now. Offer him forty-five million. I don't. I don't care. Like you have Kyle Pitts, Drake London, a good running game, a decent offensive-minded coach. Like let's go make something happen. I agree. <laughs> I think Lamar Jackson's the kind of quarterback that. You hope any of these rookies coming in turn into. And like I, I feel um, like I have I have hated on Lamar and I will I'll admit that in the past, just you know, with his issues, can he win playoff games? I don't know. Is he a great passer? He's not the best. But look at the success the Ravens have had with him versus without him. I think yeah. with him they average like 25, 30 points a game. When they are without him, they average 15 to 16 points a game. It is a yeah. massive difference. They Lamar Jackson can win games. He can produce at an elite level. We have seen this man win an MVP. That's not that's not something you just brush off. The man has, has won an MVP. He has succeeded at the NFL level. Go yeah. two, two firsts is nothing to me to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it's the two first plus the contract. And I think where the sticking point is for some teams is probably that contract. I'm not sure what he is actually asking for. And obviously that would sort of dictate this. He's like probably he says, asking for Deshaun Watson money. I, I think he's asking for more than that. 
Um, but but again, I don't know what I don't know if he's saying like, hey, I want six years, two hundred eighty fully guaranteed. That's a lot of money fully guaranteed. Um, and certain NFL owners just won't hand out a quarter of a billion dollars and put it into an escrow account. Yeah, if it's if so, it's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen out there, like they're not going to do it. Right. So that is that's that's the the level to this that I think makes it difficult is he wants the fully guaranteed dollars and in the NFL when you get a the guarantees of a contract are immediately paid by the owner or whoever into an escrow account and that money just sits and then that payer gets payouts from that account on the appointed time so like it's not like the team can say all right we're gonna pay you fill in the blank guaranteed money and then in the meantime, like work like a bank and and use the money for other things, and then when come times to pay, they pay them. And it, no, that money immediately goes out the door. And so, you could have a situation where teams are like, "No, I'm not going to have 250 million dollars or whatever it is immediately go out of my bank account." I don't know, but all that said, it's Lamar Jackson. He is a top six, seven quarterback in the NFL. He's 26. He's he's worth it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I oh, don't get me started, dude. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't even start for fantasy either, because if you are, let's put it this way: if you own Mark Andrews, you are really hoping Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore. If you had Kyle Pitts, DJ oh. Moore, oh my gosh, uh, Drake London, you know, fill in the blank for any of these teams that had fantasy pieces that could immediately explode with competent quarterback play. You're like, oh my god, please give me Lamar like, Jackson. You come to the NFL, Lamar. Like, not to the NFL. Come to the NFC. Like, he's got to deal with Burrow. He's got to deal with Allen. He's got to deal with Mahomes. He's got to deal with Herbert. He's got to deal with if they can turn it around like Russell Wilson. Like, even in his own division, Deshaun Watson's there. The Steelers are always decent. Like, it's the competition is ridiculous in the AFC. And if you come to the NFC, like, you, you automatically win the South, I think. No question. And outside yeah. of that, who's, who's your best competition? Like, Kirk Cousins? Jalen Hurts. J- That's Jalen Hurts. end of list. Yeah. J- Kirk Cousins <laughs> the Rams and Jalen Hurts. Matthew Stafford. The, the Cowboy. Like, there's That does not, not scare me. No. No, not at all. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson, TBD, remains to be seen. I think the deadline for the um, the contracts to be extended is next Tuesday, I want to say. So next time we're recording an episode, I think we will have a resolution to the Lamar Jackson situation. I almost put a note in here about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Apparently the Jets are flying out to meet him in person. Yeah. But... This is the typical Aaron Rodgers drama stuff. I don't really want to talk too much about it until something actually happens. I really think the Jets are a pretty sleepy team to go get Lamar personally, just because of all the reporting coming out of there that like the owner is giving them the green light to go all in pursuing a quarterback. They are a quarterback away. I mean, they, they have all the pieces to support a they young were, quarterback. It feels they were like. one of the teams that said they weren't interested, weren't they? I don't think I've seen that explicitly, but which they shocks me. Like be, talking is free. Like you can at least talk to him. <laughs> talking <laughs> is free. Yeah, I mean it. It just it does feel really weird that a lot of these teams are straight up like actually no, 
I don't want to talk. It's just we're just, just gonna. You can speak to him if he comes back and says, "I want fifty billion dollars a year." You can say, "Have a nice day," and not pay him anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I saw the Raiders were potentially interested. That would be something. Um, <laughs> Let's put Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes all in the same in the division. Same division. God. Two top ten quarterbacks don't make the playoffs every year. Remember how last year we said it was the best quarterback division ever? Just kidding. It would still be. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Want to talk combine? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, boy. Uh, there's a lot of storylines here. I don't even know where we should start. I guess at, with the quarterback position. Since it all we're starts. Right there. There are three quarterbacks that I think are going to be at the top of rookie drafts that are going to be at the top of the real-life NFL draft. Uh, I guess just getting things out of the way, Anthony Richardson destroyed destroyed the combine. Uh, he ran a 4-4-3-40. He had a 40-inch vertical. Best he ever for graded out. Yeah, he graded out as the most athletic quarterback ever recorded at the combine. Ever recorded. Ever. Now, the thing with the combine is you sort of take everything with a grain of salt because we knew Anthony Richardson was this kind of an athletic freak. Like, we knew he was completely freaky. But there's still just an element of seeing it happen in person yeah. that's just like a confirmation bias a little bit where it's like, okay, I knew he was athletic. I don't think I knew he was athletic, you know? You've, you've, you've got something tangible now. Right. Like, I've seen a lot of people chover reacting, and I kind of, and I do get it. Like, we knew he was athletic. Like, you turn on his tape, like, we knew the guy's athletic. So, the same questions that have always been there are still there. Um, but right. you've, you've got something to, something to chew on a little bit, some, something tangible. Yeah. I really wonder how you feel about these quarterbacks. For me, CJ Stroud feels like the safest bet um he is incredibly accurate to me cj stroud is going to be like a pretty much a pro bowl level quarterback he's depending the on best situation prospect. see i don't even know if he is but i just feel like he's the safest i feel like for so obviously for fantasy football anthony richardson could i mean break fantasy if he pans out. Yeah. Bryce Young could be an MVP if he pans out. CJ Stroud feels like you draft him and he's instantly a pro bowler, depending on the situation. Like if he goes to the Panthers, he's a pro bowler for sure. Dak Prescott. Yeah. Sure. Dak Prescott. Yeah. I could totally see that. I, I, I uh, like CJ Stroud a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I think he's really good. I, I think I still stand by my statement like I've good. I mean, I, 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 I don't really know how to like parse it out, I guess, because I think Bryce Young to me just looks like he is. He's there. The only thing with him, like I. He's the most complete quarterback. Right. He's just small. And like we knew he was small, but it's still just the. I, the numbers. I almost say put him on my. Yeah, I almost put him on the fallers section of this combine because, like, we—I mean, he didn't do any, do anything at the combine really to hurt his draft stock at all. He didn't throw, which I don't know, kind of annoying because I wanted to see it. But we knew he was small, 
and he came out was 5'10", 204 pounds, which I honestly thought he was taller than that, so that was kind of a big red flag, but other than that, like, he's he played at Alabama, he's played with elite-level wide receivers, he's played against elite-level defenses in competition, so, like, he he's the most pro-ready guy. Yeah, I mean, Bryce pretty much lit up everybody they played. Um, this past year, that that was not a great offense by Alabama standards. Like, his receivers were pretty pedestrian. He did have Jameer Gibbs, who's great. But even still, they didn't run the ball super well overall, all things considered. And the receivers were fine, not great. They weren't amazing. The offensive line was I don't was know if I could name one, good. honestly. Yeah, I I can't really think of one off the top of my head, which feels really weird for Alabama because, I mean, they get studs. Usually you've year. got like three of them, like these are all first-rounders. like <laughs> Right. So the years for him of Devonta to, Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, like that's gone. Right. So for him to go out and throw for like 3,200, and keep in mind, he got injured. So he didn't play a full season. He played, I think it was 12 games. 3,200 yards, I think it was like 30, 32 touchdowns, five picks, something like that. Great year against SEC defenses. Awesome. Granted, he played for Alabama, so that factors in. Um, they had the best players. They, they, yeah. they were. It was not the, the Alabama, I guess, that you're used to, but it still was Alabama. It was still a top then, five team. R- right. C.J. Stroud... On the other hand, he's just like an elite ball placement specialist, I think is maybe the best way to put it. Like he is so insanely accurate. Um, I think and he's he got, he's got a big NFL arm offense. too. Yeah. When he was thrown at the combine, like he was launching like 60, 65 yards. Like he's, the arm is not a concern. Yeah. He's going to be a clinician. He's, he's great. Richardson is the guy that like could break the league if everything goes right. The problem is with him, it's not that he made poor decisions necessarily. It's just that he's incredibly accurate on short area throws, which are the gimmies. The dink and dunks, he was not accurate in college. He was a great deep ball thrower, though, which is really interesting. You would think it would be the other way around. You'd think, uh, you know, you could hit the gimmies um, and then just not always hit on the big plays. Dude hit on big plays. He just couldn't get the gimmies. Uh, and, and so he, I don't, I don't know. know if it's a mechanical thing that maybe they can fix or I don't know, who knows. Yeah. I, sometimes he looked erratic in his choices. 53% it, career completion. Right. So I guess all that to say, where do you sit with those quarterbacks? There's even another guy, Will Levis, who could, if all things go great, he could end up being a really good player too. He's like the most, like if you think of an NFL quarterback prospect, like he's the one who fits the bill the most, like big kid, big arm, like played against, you know, played in the SEC. Like you would think that's the QB one in the class. And he's like four or five, maybe. Yeah. Cause he just, he's got tools, but he never really wows you on, on film. Um, granted he played at Kentucky. So I'm I mean, sure that has. You can make to do with the it. same argument as you made with kind of Bryce Young. Like, who were his receivers? I don't know. He was at Kentucky. Like, I watched maybe one or two games ever, like real life. He had Wandale Robinson and, uh, yeah, Wandale Robinson last year. And he had a pretty decent year the two years ago. Um, but this, this past season, he was pretty doggone average 
as a passer. And he was hurt at a certain point. He was, and his offensive line was terrible. So you you take that under consideration as well. There's just a lot to consider. Yep. For fantasy purposes, where are you at on these quarterbacks? Because I'm very curious. Um, well, We kind of mentioned it, and you put out a post uh, a few days ago. It was about Anthony Richardson, you know, how he had bust potential. And I agree to the point of, like, Anthony Richardson, like, say the Falcons took him at number eight. I'm not happy with that pick because I'm so unsure on his actual NFL quarterback potential. It's It'll be kind of like Jalen Hurts two years ago to where, like, I don't know. Is he going to be replaced? Who knows? Is he a good NFL quarterback? I don't know. But if Anthony Richardson does – from a fantasy standpoint, go somewhere in the top 10 where he will start. He will be my quarterback one in this class from the simple standpoint of he will break fantasy football. He will be 1,000-plus yards rushing year in and year out as long as he's a starter. From real-life perspective, I don't know. I'm not sold on him at all. I would not take him with a top 10 pick. But if he goes top 10, I'm all in for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, he he could break fantasy football, and I think that's where you have to weigh it out. I, I struggle with him and C.J. Stroud because I do think Stroud I think I yeah, still probably put Stroud at one. Yeah. Just the upside think, is tantalizing. I do think the upside with Stroud is it's much more like Joe Burrow than it is Dak Prescott, but I think Dak Prescott, like if you're if you're to say what do you really think you're gonna get, a Dak Prescott comp to me is fine for CJ Stroud. I mean Dak Prescott's been a top ten quarterback for how many years in a row? Like it's been a while, like he's fine. Right. I think he is very, very safe as far as quarterbacks go. The problem is Anthony Richardson legitimately could be the QB one in fantasy for like many years in a row. <clears throat> That, that rush, is uh, he's got possible. thousand yard rushing in his potential in his upside yeah and i do think bryce young bryce young can run too that's that's another thing we he don't just, talk he about he just really didn't and he, he doesn't like to run yeah i mean he's a lot like russell wilson but he is not reliant on play action the way russell wilson is like i think he is better than russell wilson as a just a, a a player altogether. I he think saying break, he's he Russell can break Wilson down sells him short. Yeah, he breaks him down as a passer, but also he is incredibly elusive. Like if you turn on the Texas game this past year, he's making plays with his legs, like allowing himself to make plays with his arms. If that makes sense, he's a evading la, defenders in the Patrick pocket. Patrick Mahomes. Not right. again. Not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, but that's what he does. Like maybe not necessarily scrambling, running around, but just. And Patrick Mahomes isn't even fast. He just people go to sack him, and just suddenly he's not there. Right. Yeah. And and also like Patrick Mahomes, Bryce Young shows a a lot of creativity in just making plays happen. Like something that I think separated Caleb Williams from the field this past year was one the measurables obviously his arms great but like the creativity where he makes plays and you're like what what in the world did I just witness where did that come from Bryce Young does that exactly where did that come from Bryce Young has that in spades more than any of the other guys here so like in fantasy it's it's going to be so tough I think you're probably right Richardson 
should probably be the first quarterback taken because assuming that, he goes to the right spot. He's very landing right. spot dependent. I'm either all in or I'm all out. Right. But because of his upside, you almost just have to take the risk and you're going to have to take it early. Like you're probably going to have to take it to like the second pick, maybe the third pick, but probably the second pick. You're going to have to make that decision. All right, where am I going to go with this? Am I going to go all in on Anthony Richardson? Um, and I don't think I don't think you're crazy if you take Richardson at the two as your QB one overall. I think that's fine. You just there's different ways to approach it, and I think knowing what you're doing with it instead of just saying, "Oh, he's athletic, he can run, he's a Konami code," I'm just going to take him. Actually, like look into what you're doing, realize what you're passing up to take Anthony Richardson. Because Bryce Young might be the best, third best quarterback I've ever seen in a fantasy rookie draft. Like, he could be Trevor Lawrence. There's Trevor a, Lawrence is like yeah. Andrew Luck, generational quarterback. There's a scenario where any of these top three quarterbacks could end up going into rookie drafts as the top guy on the board. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, And I think any any... Well, Bryce Young probably is the first one drafted because I think he might be the best, all things considered, NFL prospect. Uh, but just in terms of fantasy, because of the height, because of the potential, like his ceiling might not be amazing, but it also could be really good. I don't know. It's it's so hard to evaluate the quarterback position because like for fantasy, you see the rushing upside but there's so many other pieces that go into a quarterback's actual success from an NFL standpoint that it's really hard, especially now, for us to make the evaluation, the the armchair quarterbacks. So I kind of yeah. – it's it's it really is easier for running backs. It's easier for wide receivers because you can see the production, you can see the athleticism. But there's just so much that else that goes into playing the quarterback position, it's hard to evaluate. Yep. All right. Do you want to talk – Wide receivers. Yeah, let's talk some wide receivers. Stuff we can evaluate to a certain extent. <laughs> so we, I have done a lot of deep diving in all these receivers, so I was very familiar with all these guys. Um, coming into the combine, there were not many guys that I was hugely disappointed in, but also not many guys I was really excited about either. I feel like a lot of them sort of fell into the middle in terms of their testing numbers, except one guy... Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, love him. Confirmed what we knew to be true with his short area quickness and his agility. He's phenomenal. He's going to be the best slot receiver in the NFL in three years. Yeah, I think personally, I would one hundred percent agree. I mean, he didn't run the forty, um, but in my mind, he didn't really need to run the forty because we know he's not a burner. Like that's not his game. But the short mm-hmm. area quickness is up there with some of the best all time at the combine with the, the times he put. And he's like, you know, not top five, but if you look at the top five, you know, 20 yard shuttle guys, um, top five, three cone drives, he's like, you know, a few hundredths of a second off of those times. So it's incredible. You've seen the routes he's run in college. Like he's a phenomenal route runner. Like this dude is. He's, he's just going to be one of those guys that's just open and great for fantasy. Like, if he goes to a team that features him, like the Rams do Cooper Cup, he could he could mm-hmm. put up those kind of numbers just with the slot role, 
and the way how quick and how good his routes are. He could put up those numbers. Yeah, for sure. I think with him, you're getting Amon Ross St. Brown right off the rip. Um, I don't know that that... See, when I say that, though, I think people interpret that to mean you're getting a top 12 dynasty wide receiver immediately. I don't know that that's necessarily just going to be the case because situation will dictate that. Yeah. Is he going to a team that's going to throw the ball to the slot a lot? Like, he might be the best slot in the league, and he might still only get 120 targets. Like, like if he's the best slot in the league and he's on the Tennessee Titans, like, that's that feels bad. Right. Even though Tennessee looks like they might be adjusting things a little bit. Uh, but still, you're right. There are, there are teams where him being drafted there doesn't necessarily mean great things. But there are also situations where he could go and be very very impactful from the get-go i'm at like the chargers for example oh my god dude! oh my god <laughs> like you pair put him in the slot with mike williams out there austin eckler oh. you got killing more and you, you already know how much i love justin herbert like that is oh that is a dream come true if that happens for a, for a team that's probably going to throw the ball 650 times you're going to get 140 of those going to jackson smith and Jake. yeah it's oh he's going gosh. to He's going to be so good. But so I don't know necessarily what the production is going to be for fantasy just because he is a slot. So, you know, he's not going to get drafted and immediately command a a bajillion targets just because of who he is. Some of it is dependent on landing spot. He's not tiny either. Like he had a 35 inch vert. He's six foot tall. He's close to 200 pounds. Like he's not the athlete that Jamar Chase is, but like he's the same size as Jamar Chase is. So yeah. it's not like he's going to be a five nine guy exclusively in the slot. Like he could go outside if he had to. Yeah, and with as good a routes as he can run, like this dude can get open. Like I'm not worried about that. Right. Uh, let's see here. Quentin Johnston. He did eh. like. I don't know how. I still don't know how I feel about him. I have watched film of him. I have evaluated him. I have put him into our rookie draft kit. I've seen him at the combine, and I still don't really know how I feel about him. I mean, he's he's athletic. He's not as he's not as fast as I was hoping he would be. Did he run the forty? I think he ran like a four five. Was it? I can't. He may not have run don't. it. I feel like it was a four five though. Should have put that in there. Yeah, I, I'll I'll pull it up. But I mean, I was I was watching. You know, and listening as I was, you know, driving and whatever stuff Saturday. And, you know, I was listening to Steve Smith kind of talk about these guys. And he is very much not a big fan of Quentin Johnston. Like he said, his footwork's not great. When you watch him run routes, he almost like indicate indicates exactly what route he's going to run. Um, I've not really been a big fan of Quentin Johnston just you know, when you watch him at his highlights at TCU, like he, it, nothing impresses me. He catches the ball with his body a whole lot, which is not going to translate well to the NFL. Like the big play, some of the big plays he does make, like he's either wide open or like the big play against Michigan where he just caught a drag and no one was on it. I don't know. He, he could go yeah, up. He- I'm just not impressed. <clears throat> He's got some question marks for sure. He did not run the 40, so okay. we don't have a 40 time for him, which is really disappointing because I think... If he ran like a 4-3, we would be a lot... It'd be a different conversation. Yeah, I think the NFL would be 
very much in on him if he, at his size, ran a 4.3. But we don't have those numbers, so we don't really know. We can only look on film and see, like, how fast does he look. He looks really fast, uh, so not to take that away from him. But he did not dominate probably as much as you would like. So there's, there's some question marks with him. Another guy that did not necessarily put himself over the top of the combine was Keishon Boutte. Hurt me. Your boy. Hurt me. He did not He did not have a great performance. I was combine. expecting Boucher to absolutely dominate the combine. I was hoping for a 4-3, which apparently he ran in high school, so I don't know why he's running a 4-5 now. Dude had a 29-inch <laughs> vert. Like, what, what are you doing, man? Like, you need at least 35. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did not. Something, that was the weird one. Yeah. Something I because guess. I think, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're so I I think on film he looks a lot more athletic than the numbers would tell you he is. Yeah. I guess something to keep in mind, like I you know, I I watch and listen to a lot of other um guys on YouTube, you know, guys with other podcasts. And, you know, I've done some research into myself and the combine isn't as important to wide receivers as it is to other positions. Um doesn't necessarily, you know, athleticism translate to success for a wide receiver. So if your guy you're, was kind of bled by the combine, don't necessarily panic on him too bad because you know they, it can change for them. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup all ran four five five or worse forties. So yeah, athleticism is not it's not the end all for the wide receiver, and definitely the forty yard dash <laughs> right. isn't. Definitely, probably the most important thing that a wide receiver can do is show an ability to get open. Which, at times, he did. Uh, let's see. Another couple guys to mention here. Um, Josh Downs ran a 4-4, which was good things. Thumbs ups. Um, he looked really fast, performed well in the agility drills. So it kind of confirmed what you saw on tape. He's really fast. Um, he's also a great jump ball receiver as well at his small stature, which is really interesting. Uh, Zay Flowers. You know, I'm very he in on good. Zay Flowers, but he looked fine. He was all right. Uh, nothing crazy, nothing to write home about with him and really any of the other receivers. Nothing yeah, Jordan, that jumped out at you. Jordan Addison didn't really wow people. Um, didn't really like, you know, he didn't kill himself with his performance, but he did the, not surprise us either. I don't get the Jordan Addison hate because people look at his combine numbers, say he was not a freak athlete, which we knew he wasn't. Yeah. For, if anybody thought that he was going to go in there and run a 4-3, you, you – it's, what are you doing? It's like the opposite. You were not paying attention. Uh, Anthony Richardson, like Anthony Richardson, a freak athlete. Like I knew that. Right. We knew Jordan Addison was not a burner, and so when he goes in and is not a burner, people are like, "Oh, he's not good." No, you just haven't been watching him. Dude wins because he's a route technician. He gets open. And so That's many things. And so many other like things. Like you have to consider like breakout age and everything for these wide receivers, and just look at the college production. Yeah. Addison broke out young age. Um. And he has, you know, he's produced at a high level. JSN broke out, young age. Uh, Keishon Boutte broke out, young age. Especially, And he was playing with, uh, you know, JSN was playing with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Uh, Boutte was playing with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Like, these guys, that there's so much else that goes into evaluating them other than the combine. Right. Running backs, how about it? Uh, uh, running let's backs see here. killed it. <laughs> they were 
They were very, very good. Um, there's a couple guys that I wasn't stoked about, but for the most part, the running backs performed really well at the Combine. Uh, Bijan looked great. Jameer Gibbs looked great. Um, I don't know. Was there anything that you took out of that that you didn't know already, or or was it just kind of like you knew they were great, they backed it up, all things are good? Yeah, Bijan, Bijan we, I mean – his 40 doesn't change anything for me. I was expecting him to run, you know, high 4-4. He's right where I thought he was. Uh, Gibbs, uh, we were expecting a fast 40 time. He ran a 4-3. Excellent. Awesome. Zach Charbonnet, yeah. uh, he ran Alexi a little bit faster than I thought. So I'm kind of really in on Zach Charbonnet. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be great. Um, I've been in on Tank Bigsby for a little while. Um, obviously, I know there's questions with him, but he ran a 4-5-6 too faster than what I thought it would be. So um, not saying like he's going to jump into first round of rookie drafts or anything like that, but I think that's really good for him. Uh, I think he's a solid player. And yeah, just as a, as a whole running backs are great. Devon a chain was the fastest running back. We expected him to be the fastest running back. Like nobody really shocked us with their performance, but just the fact that the receivers are kind of so eh in this class and like literally pretty much all the running backs performed where they were supposed to be or slightly better is just you know more fuel for the fire that you know how good this running back class is yeah the one that i was not stoked about was sean tucker he did not run the 40 yeah and i think with just the narratives out there sean tucker people look at him like he's a burner he's a track guy he's not really a running back i'm i'm pretty in on him i think he's a stud and I think he's going to be a really good NFL running back. But, you know, Charbonnet, I think, boosted his stock because he ran a fast 40. If Sean Tucker went in there and he ran a 4-3-5, like a Jameer Gibbs 40, which I think he probably would have, people would be turning heads, looking around like, oh, okay, Sean Tucker's really fast. Even though we knew he was fast, it's just the narrative change that would have happened if he ran a 40. Um, he... You know, he ends up being a footnote in the combine and loses out on the narrative to some of these other guys because he's just not a part of it the way these other guys were. Yeah, with all of, like, literally all of your peers doing well or better than they were expected to, you needed to show up and at least, you know, be where you're supposed to be. Right. If you uh, had to, the, if you had to rank them, obviously everybody knows uh, Bijan and Gibbs are one and two. There's no question there. Yeah. Who you have at three. I've got Charbonnet at three. I do too. I thought I I figured you'd say that. Yeah, I've got Tucker at four and Bigsby at five. That's fair. And then I think then it's like the slush pile of Zach Evans, Tajay Sharp, Deuce Vaughn, Devon A Chain. Looks Devon like he a- yeah, he's a- not going to be a workhorse, but he looks like he could be fun. Right, he does look like he'd be fun. like Kenny Gainwell of a couple years ago. Yeah. Where everybody's like, this dude's a freak if he, he just gets so draft fast. capital. Yeah, he's so fast. He catches the ball. He's great. Um, A-Chain, I can't figure out if I like A-Chain or Zach Evans better. I probably would have A-Chain over Evans now that I think about it. So it probably goes like Bijan, Gibbs, Charbonnet, Tucker, A-Chain for me. Yeah, it's Charbonnet, I, I mean, just the more and more I look into him and watch him and now that we have the combine stuff, like, this dude he's is a stud. He's built like an NFL running back. Like this dude could legit start and handle a huge workload and put up legit fantasy numbers. 
What does he look like to you in terms of a comp? Because I have a comp in mind for him that just feels exquisite. That it feels so. He's like on AJ point. Dillon if AJ Dillon actually started. <laughs> for me, he's like a better version of James Conner. Yes, I could see that. Like a, a little bit faster James Conner. That's what he more looks like. More athletic James Conner. Yeah. A slightly more athletic James Conner. Big, just stocky guy, can handle the workload. Yep. And he's got the speed to make something happen with it. Yeah. He's he's really good. And what's great about him is I think you can probably get him like in the 108 range in Superflex Leagues. If he's there at the maybe. 110, like I'm snatching him up every time. Oh, my gosh. And he feels like he's he's just going to be a career RB2 or better. You know, like he just feels so easy. He's 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 a guy like he's so good. Like he would probably be pushing top five in most other classes, but just the rest of this class is so stacked with guys. You're going to be there's able to so get him in the late backs, first. Dude. There's so many running backs. And it's there's I mean, we just said it like five great running backs. There's three or four quarterbacks. So in super flex leagues, you're getting great players at the end of the first round. Like JSN's going to go high, too. So like these guys are going to keep yeah. falling. Yeah. Addison's going to go high. Remains to be seen. I mean, you might be getting Kayshawn Boutte at the one-two turn, depending on your leagues. Or Quentin Johnston might be at the end of the first round. And it's like, okay. And like, like <laughs> even even guys like Tank Bigsby, who I'm, I'm, I know I'm higher than probably most people are, but like you're going to get him mid-second round? Like, that's great. Yeah, super good. And that's not even to mention the guys like – the fun guys like Tajay Spears, Deuce Vaughn, these dudes that – I don't know what they're going to be, but heck, they look really fun. They're great on tape. They might be something. I don't know. So there's a lot to like. Um, A quick note for tight ends. I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Darnell Washington showed out at the Combine. He looked really athletic. I mean, he's kind of like like Anthony Richardson. Like, I know he's an athletic freak, but I don't. The production is questionable still. Right. He graded out exactly like Rob Gronkowski in all the measurables. So I don't know what that will translate to be. I don't necessarily see him being a stud tight end for fantasy just because I don't know if he's going to catch passes ever. I still would have him as my third tight end probably, maybe fourth. Um, None of the tight ends really like disappointed or impressed. They were kind of like, similar to the running backs like they all just hit where they were supposed to yeah where are you at with the tight ends right now uh i like michael mayer a lot still uh, i think he's probably gonna go first round i don't know it's it's one of those another one so hard to judge the position as a whole um you know you like dalton kincaid yeah i like dalton kincaid he's okay i think that dude's gonna be good he's okay i think he's gonna be good he's all right I can't figure out how much I like Michael Mayer, to be honest with you, but I think Kincaid might be Mayer, he's, he'll be one of those guys to watch. Like, I mean, a lot of people are predicting him to go first round, so if he goes to, like, I don't want him to, but, like, the Chargers or somebody like that, like, he's going to be he could be, he'll be fine. Yeah. Anybody else you want to talk about before we hop out of here? Uh, no, I think we, I think we pretty much covered it. I think we did. That'll do it for this one. If you want more rookie goodness with some deeper dives into all these players, Rookie Draft Kit, it's coming out. We're working on it. Um, so much information. So much information. 
like 36, 40 player profiles that we've been working on. Um, it'll have anything you need going into your rookie drafts, anything. going into your fantasy leagues, anything. Non-football related. It's got it. Exactly. So we got that going. Check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. You can uh, partner with us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fantasybrothers. That'll do it from this one. We'll see you next week when hopefully we know what Lamar Jackson is going to be doing because I'm on pins and needles. Please come to Atlanta. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.